everyone, it's Jaden, and welcome to the first official episode of Straight Up Enigmas. I am so super stoked about this, you guys, if you can't tell. Uh, I just want to say this is totally awesome, and I actually love doing this podcast and uh, researching for it, but it's just for fun. I listened to myself on the intro episode, and I sound so serious and official. This is just a creative way for me to share stories and hear all about your own weird and creepy experiences. Uh, That being said, I still think it'd be fun for you guys to follow along. It would be so cool if you could all look up Straight Up Enigmas on the Podbean app and follow the show. I'm working on getting the podcast on Spotify and iTunes one day, maybe, but again, You can follow the show by looking up in the Podbean app, which uh, you should already be in since you're listening to this, and uh, clicking on the blue follow button. If you like the show, it would also be awesome if you could share it with uh, your own family and friends. Thanks so much for your support, guys. One more thing before we get started with uh, the first official episode of Straight Up Enigmas. As promised, I'm going to give a little bit of a disclaimer here. On this episode, we're going to be talking about um, a six-year-old girl who was murdered in her home. So as you can imagine, it's going to be pretty dark and grisly. I'm going to try and treat this case uh, with as much sensitivity as I can, but uh, there are just some aspects like the way she was killed that I can't avoid. Um, we're gonna try and have fun on this show and use a little bit of humor in most of the episodes, but, you know, when, when the subject is more tragic and serious, the tone is understandably gonna have to be more somber. I also want to say right off the bat that I'm not here to point fingers at anyone involved in the case. I'm just here to tell you about this unsolved murder and, uh, some of the theories that are out there. The brother of Jean Benet Ramsey, the little girl who was murdered, sued CBS for, I've heard, anywhere between 250 and 750 million for making a documentary that accused him of killing his sister, so that's definitely not what I want to get mixed up in. Like I said, this is just to inform you of the facts, what we know for sure, and then uh, to allow you to make your own decisions based on the theories swirling around out there. So, without further ado, let's get into this case, guys. Uh, This case, I've divided it into a few different uh, sections. Uh, We're going to talk about kind of the backstory. Then we'll get into the murder itself. Then we're going to talk about the investigation that followed and then uh, some theories. So, I'm going to give you some, some background and let you know some personal facts uh, that you'll need to know about Jean Benet Ramsey. Jean Benet was named after her dad, John Bennett Ramsey. Uh, her name is pronounced in the French style, though, so it sounds uh, like Jean Benet. The, the J at the beginning is a little softer. Uh, Jean Benet is born in Atlanta, Georgia, so in the Deep South, on August 6th, 1990. Her parents are named John and Patricia, or Patsy Ramsey. She has one brother named Burke, who's important to the story, and three half-siblings. In 1992, when Jean Benet is just two years old, tragedy strikes the family and her half-sister Elizabeth is killed in a car crash at the age of 22. At some point, uh, Jean Benet's family moves to Boulder, Colorado, 
one of those sleepy little towns where nothing really ever happens. The people of Boulder describe the town as 25 square miles of fantasy surrounded by reality. It's just this idyllic little town where you never think anything bad is ever going to happen. You know, you just assume all the bad things in the world happen somewhere else. I definitely grew up in a small town just like this. When JonBenet is four, she gets involved in uh, child beauty pageants, just like her mom did when she was younger. JonBenet won a bunch of pageants including Little Miss Colorado, Little Miss Charlevoix, Colorado State All-Star Kids Cover Girl, America's Royal Miss, and National Tiny Miss Beauty. So, as you can tell, she was very successful in her pageant career and she loved doing the pageants. It's not like her parents forced her uh, to participate in them. She was described as being a mischievous and fun little girl by a friend of the family and if you look at her pictures, she's just this adorable, tiny little six-year-old with curly blonde hair and big blue eyes. All right, now that you know some background about Jean Bonnet's life, it's time to set the stage for the rest of this incredibly sad story. It's Christmas of 1996. Patsy Ramsey, Jean Bonnet's mom, has just beaten ovarian cancer, so I'm sure the family's spirits are high and it's a happy time for them. That Christmas night, the whole family goes out to a Christmas party. Then they come back and everyone goes to sleep. Nothing suspicious there. Uh, John and Patsy, the parents, and Jean Bonnet's brother, Burke, are the only other people in the house that night. No other siblings, I mean. The next morning, December 26th, just before 6 a.m., Patsy wakes up first and starts walking downstairs when she sees these loose papers just lying on the stairs. She picks them up and immediately panics, seeing that it's two and a half pages of a ransom note saying, we have your daughter, don't call the police. Now, in all of the movies I've ever seen where someone is kidnapped, a ransom note is just a few lines, something like, we have your daughter, I want this much money, bring it to this location or wire it to my account, something like that. This is two and a half pages. What do you have to say that's going to take up that many pages? And wouldn't a kidnapper be nervous about sticking around long enough to write such a lengthy note? Um, in the note, the kidnapper asks for $118,000, a very specific amount as that's the exact amount that Jean Bonnet's dad got for his Christmas bonus that year. One theory is that the kidnapper must have been someone with knowledge of John's well-publicized business affairs who wanted to hurt him. The kidnapper could have broken in while the family was out on Christmas Day visiting friends and written the note while they were out, lying in wait until they went to sleep. This might be possible because the note was written on pen and paper from the Ramsey's own house. One more strange thing about the ransom note that I think bears mentioning. The tone changes. One line says they, plural, are going to behead Jean Bonnet. Then another line turns around and sounds almost concerned, reading something close to, make sure you're rested because this is going to be an arduous procedure to get her back. So pretty weird, right? <clears throat> Patsy runs back upstairs and throws open the door to her daughter's room, only to find that Jean Bonnet is missing. Now, listen very carefully to what happens next. I'm going to explain a lot of this later, 
the controversy surrounding the investigation, but just know that a lot of people, including the family, blame law enforcement for not following protocol. You'll understand when I relate to you the events of the next few hours, but basically police failed to secure the crime scene. The police department was probably understaffed uh, during Christmas time and just totally unprepared for such an extraordinary case. Here's what happens. When Patsy finds that Jean Bonnet is not in her room, she screams for her husband, John, and then calls 911. The police are on their way, and within another two to three minutes, she calls all her neighbors and friends and tells them to come over. So, you know, soon you've got a house full of people traipsing around, touching all the doorknobs, furniture, and they even touch the ransom note. Everyone passes it around and reads it and gets all of their fingerprints all over it. I think that everyone was so horrified and scared for Jean Benet that they probably didn't even think about what they were doing. It does seem like the police should have secured the area as soon as they got there and put the ransom note in one of those uh, little clear baggies you always see on CSI or Criminal Minds. Anyway. After the kidnappers fail to call at the promised time, something mentioned in the kidnappers note, an officer tells John to walk around the house and see if anything's missing. You know, probably to keep John calm and give him something to do. They're thinking maybe the kidnapper came in and stole something else. Instead of looking all around the house though, John goes straight downstairs into the basement. He has a train room in the basement because he loves to collect trains. So he goes down there and he finds Jean Benet lying on the ground. He says that her eyes were closed, she was covered in a white sheet, and her hands were tied above her head. Now, that's a detail that I, that I didn't see corroborated in the other articles I looked at, so take that with a grain of salt. Her mouth was also covered with tape. John picks his daughter up, he takes the tape off of her mouth, grabs a blanket and throws it over her, and takes her upstairs. In a different article I read from The Guardian, which, by the way, you guys, I found a bunch of really great articles with some good information, and I'm going to post all of those on the website. Yes, I made a Straight Up Enigmas website. It's just called straightupenigmaswithoutahyphen.home.blog. So, straightupenigmas.home.blog if you want to check it out. So the author of the Guardian article says that John went down to the basement with a friend and there he saw his daughter bound and gagged. So a little bit of a different account, but the bare facts are still there. She had been bashed over the head, strangled with a garrote, fashioned out of a nylon cord and her mother's paintbrush and sexually assaulted. There was no immediately obvious sign of a break-in and the house was so big, the perpetrator must have known its layout very well to have found Jean Benet's bedroom in the middle of the night and taken her down to the basement without waking anyone else. Let's pause and talk about all of this for just a minute. Um, first of all, a lot of people think it's suspicious that John, instead of walking around the house, walked directly into the basement as if he knew Jean Benet would be there. It does seem a little suspicious that he would go down there first. It makes me ask, why? Why would he go down there first? Is it just a coincidence? Does the family keep something valuable down there that, that he thinks someone might have gone after? 
Um, it seems like you might check wallets, jewelry, TVs, paintings, artwork, cell phones. Um, I guess they probably didn't have phones back then, did they? But uh, it just it's just a little suspicious that he'd go down in the basement first, the exact, you know, the, where she is. And if you look at the pictures, it doesn't look like a finished basement. It's all cement and bare walls, not like they have a built-in theater down there and it's all nice and decorated with furniture. I guess if John had his train room in the basement, maybe there were some expensive model trains or something. Second, people have just been so aghast, so taken aback, that he would throw a blanket that's been who knows where over his daughter's body to cover her up. He, he's already taken the tape off her mouth, which got his fingerprints all over it. He's picked her up, which also gets his prints on her body, and now he's throwing this blanket over her. I think that, of course, looking back, John probably thinks, you know, oh man, I shouldn't have done that. It contaminated the scene and whatever. I don't have any kids myself, but I can, I can sort of just feel for any parent who has to find their child like that. I think the only thing going through his mind, if he's innocent, was just numb. Like, nothing was going through his mind or a billion things at once, you know? Maybe he wanted to cover her up as a sort of protection from all the prying eyes upstairs. Maybe his fatherly instincts kicked in and the only thing he could think of was that she might be cold. Those people who think that maybe it was her father that killed her think that he went directly into the basement and threw the blanket over her to try and contaminate the evidence on purpose to cover his tracks, so to speak. It was eight hours after Patsy called the police that they found Jean Benet's body. The autopsy revealed that her cause of death was reported as asphyxiation. Oh, I knew I was going to mess up that word. Asphyxiation due to strangulation. She had an eight inch fracture in her skull, which means she was hit over the head with massive force. And there was also evidence of sexual abuse. When John carried Jean Benet upstairs, he asked the police whether she was dead or not. The police said, yes, she's dead. Patsy put her cheek against her daughter's cheek and just let it rest there for a minute. She said it felt cold, but she just wanted to be close to her daughter. One of the detectives in the room at that time said later in an interview that she made eye contact with John. She said he didn't say anything, but he had this look in his eyes that made her afraid of him. She said in the interview that she hugged her shoulder holster closer to her so that her gun was close to her body. She said, she's sure John did it. She said, in that moment, I was afraid of him and I knew he had done it. To me, the look that he probably had in his eyes right in that moment was just this rage and this complete anguish, you know? I think that the look in his eyes was just despair, kind of mingled with this just rage at whoever did this to his daughter. One last thing to mention is that Mary Lacey, who ends up becoming the district attorney in a few years, was one of the officers in the Ramsey home the day they found Jean Benet's body. She revealed that they found a butt print in the carpet outside of Jean Benet's room, indicating that her murderer sat outside her room for hours, waiting for everyone else in the house to fall asleep. All right, so I've, I've kind of told you about the murder. Um, now we're going to talk about the investigation of the murder. 
and I found a really good article on CNN that outlines the investigation from the time of the murder up until 2016. Um, I'm going to touch on not all, but most of the points from that article. If you want to see the full outline, you can go to that article that I've posted on the Straight Up Enigmas website. Okay, so we know that on December 26th, 1996, Jean Benet is murdered in her Boulder, Colorado home. Her body is found in her basement that same day. On April 30th, 1997, police conduct their first formal interviews with John and Patsy Ramsey. This is the first time since the murder the parents were interviewed separately. The district attorney at the time, Alex Hunter, refu uh, referred to the Ramseys in mid-April as the obvious focus of the murder investigation. At first I was thinking, they're the obvious focus of the investigation, but it wasn't until four months after the murder that they were interviewed without each other. It seemed so crazy to me. I was thinking, man, you've got to make sure their accounts match up. But I guess the Ramseys were refusing to be interviewed. The police tried to get them alone, but they had to threaten to refuse to release Jean Benet's body for burial unless they came in for an interview. What you are going to see from here on out is basically law enforcement, the authorities, versus the Ramsey family. The parents countered and accused the authorities of conducting a, quote, cowardly smear campaign against them. The Boulder Police Department frequently leaked information to the media, which led John Ramsey to say that, quote, the police were not there to help us, they were there to hang us. The hostility continues, and in January of 1998, so, um, let's see, that would be two years, two years after the murder, uh, Jean Bonnet's parents declined to participate in a second interview with detectives, saying that they won't cooperate unless police allow them to review evidence in the case. So, they feel like they're being kept in the dark about everything, and I mean, it's because the police highly suspect that the parents were involved, so of course they're not going to tell them anything, but the parents are pleading innocent and they're saying, we don't get it, we're so confused, we just want to know what's going on in our daughter's murder investigation, don't we deserve to know? And um, so I'm sorry, I said that date wrong. January of 1998, that would be just a little bit, a little bit more than a year after her murder. Um, and that's when the parents are declining to participate in a second interview. On October 13th of 1999, Boulder County District Attorney Alex Hunter states that no indictments will be issued due to a lack of evidence in the case, even though a Colorado grand jury voted to bring John and Patsy to trial on charges of child abuse resulting in death and being accessories to a crime. So the state of Colorado thought that John and Patsy were guilty. How would that make you feel to hear that essentially your home thinks you're guilty? Your home wants you to stand trial for murdering your daughter. The place where your kids went to school, where you paid taxes, where you went to neighborhood barbecues with friends. I can't imagine how you'd feel. But in the end, they didn't end up going to trial because um, there wasn't enough evidence. The article from The Guardian I mentioned before states that the media coverage of this case was and is almost unparalleled in its tawdriness. Photos of Jean Benet's autopsy were bought and published by a U.S. tabloid called The Globe. 
Since the beginning, as soon as the media started releasing pictures of JonBenet, they were all mostly pictures of her in her pageants. A lot of people in Boulder and just everywhere speak out against the pageants that JonBenet participated in. One newscaster said her pageant pictures made her look like a hooker. I don't know how a six-year-old looks like a hooker, and that is just a terrible and very insensitive thing to say about a little girl who's just been murdered. But the people of Boulder didn't get the pageants because that was something done more in the South. The people in Boulder were sure John and Patsy had something to do with Jean Benet's death because they said, who does that to their child? Who dresses up a little girl to make her look more like a 20-year-old woman and have her parade around in heavy makeup? You know, they thought, they must have been sick people. Something was wrong with them. I've also read in the articles, though, that Jean Benet's pageants actually exonerate the parents because that's exactly uh, the type of thing that could have attracted a pedophile. Um, all right, so in December of 2003, six years after Jean Benet's murder, a new DNA sample is submitted to the FBI database in the hope of finding new leads. In all the articles I've read, this information changes a little. From what I can tell, there were blood spots on Jean Benet's underwear due to sexual trauma when they found her. Some articles say there were two spots of blood, some say there was just one. I'm going to stick with the CNN article and say there were two spots. So at the beginning of the investigation, one of the drops of blood was tested, but it, it wasn't a substantial enough amount to add it into the national database. The second drop of blood, however, was substantial enough. So in 2003, when the technology had gotten a little better, they went back and they looked at that second blood spot. Those new tests revealed that the DNA came from an unknown male unrelated to the Ramses. The DNA was entered into the National FBI database, meaning it could one day be matched to the killer if his or her DNA was ever entered for another case. So that right there, according to the Ramsey's lawyer, L. Lynn Wood, made that DNA evidence the single most important piece of evidence in the case. To me as well, that seems like it really would be the most important piece of evidence if you've got, um, you know, a, a blood sample, a DNA test. In June of 2006, Patsy Ramsey dies of ovarian cancer at the age of 49. She, she died with some people still thinking that she had something to do with her daughter's murder, and that is just so, so incredibly sad to me. Um, on August 16th, uh, 2006, officials announced that 41-year-old John Mark Carr was arrested in Bangkok, Thailand as a suspect in the case. Carr had allegedly come forward and told an American investigator that he drugged JonBenet and sexually assaulted her before accidentally killing her. Prosecutors later dropped the case, though, after DNA tests failed to link him to the crime scene. So they finally think that they've caught the guy who did it just to have to let him go because his DNA didn't match the DNA they found on JonBenet. It's weird that he came forward and falsely accused himself. It doesn't make sense to me, and it still seems a little fishy. On July 9th of 2008, more than a decade after Jean Benet's murder, 
Mary Lacey, the new Boulder County District Attorney. Remember, she was the one who mentioned she saw the butt print outside Jean Bonnet's room, formally apologizes in a letter to John Ramsey. The family is exonerated, meaning that no one in the Ramsey family is considered a suspect anymore. On December 28, 2016, CBS airs a docuseries about the case suggesting that Jean Bonnet's brother, Burke Ramsey, was the culprit. And I, I have not seen um, this, this film, this docuseries. I watched another one. It was kind of more of an artsy film on Netflix, but I haven't seen this CBS film. But Burke files a $250 million defamation lawsuit. And again, I've heard $750 million as well against the network the production company that made the documentary, and one of the experts featured in the special, Dr. Werner Spitz. That is a butt-ton of money right there. John Ramsey later files his own suit uh, against CBS in Michigan State Court as he had moved to Michigan after Jean Bonnet's murder. All right, so we've talked about the murder. Um, we've talked about the investigation now we're going to go ahead and talk quickly about the theories on who actually killed Jean Bonnet. Pretty much from the moment this story broke, there have been two theories about what happened. So one, either Jean Bonnet was killed accidentally by one or both of her parents or her then nine-year-old brother, Burke. Uh, two, uh, the, the parents staged a faked kidnapping to cover up the killing. I guess that's still part of the first theory. The second theory is that an unknown outsider uh, came in and it was a botched kidnapping by this, by this mystery outsider. Let's discuss first this theory that the Ramsey family was responsible for Jean Bonnet's death. A lot of people suspect that Patsy was involved at least somehow. The handwriting expert said that her handwriting matched the ransom note closely, uh, but not exactly. She was sick battling cancer, and maybe her illness made her not quite right in the head. She could have become jealous of her daughter and all of her success since Patsy used to participate in beauty pageants when she was younger. Patsy was about to turn 40, so of course she was going through some kind of midlife crisis that drove her to insanity. And you guys, I'm serious, that's what the anti-Patsy party says. Uh, also, Jean Bonnet had a bedwetting problem, so maybe Patsy was getting so sick of having to deal with it that she just snapped. I don't know, those seem like pretty weak points to me. The theory that Burke accidentally killed his sister also just doesn't really hold any water for me, at least. A month or two before Jean Bonnet's murder, Burke had hit his sister over the head with a golf club, I believe. And some people say that that's evidence he was prone to lose his temper around her. I mean, siblings fight. Also, the knot in the garrote that strangled Jean Bonnet was way too sophisticated for a nine-year-old. And the force required to crack a skull and leave an eight-inch fracture, I, I just, I personally, I don't think a nine-year-old has that kind of power. All of that being said, it is pretty understandable why the police suspected the Ramses. When a child is killed at home, it's statistically more likely that a parental figure was involved. The Ramses, according to the police, were reluctant to be interviewed, and of course the Ramses have denied this. 
And John was overheard on the phone an hour after finding Jean Bonnet making arrangements for his family to leave the state. He has since said that he was just trying to keep them safe. They were also quick to hire lawyers, suspiciously quick in the eyes of many. Another theory is that some guy dressed as the Santa Claus at the Christmas party the Ramses went to followed them home and he was the one who murdered Jean Bonnet. One more nutso theory is that Jean Bonnet didn't die but went incognito and is actually Katy Perry. Who comes up with these things? I don't know. Uh, my personal opinion is that some random guy, some pedophile, saw Jean Bonnet in her pageants and became obsessed with her. He began stalking her and the family, which is how he knew about John's Christmas bonus that year. He probably got into the house while the family was at the Christmas party and wrote the note and then hid somewhere in the house when they came home. I think he went into Jean Bonnet's room at night and was going to kidnap her. That was his plan. Uh, but maybe he couldn't control himself and um, he accidentally killed her. I don't know. That's my amateur theory. Uh, to this day, though, her murder remains unsolved. Um, it, it's, still, it's still an enigma. Uh, you guys, that's all I have on the Jean Bonnet Ramsey case. That was a lot of information. I know, um, I know it's, it's such a tragic story. Uh, thanks for listening. Thanks for sticking with me. If you have any comments or theories about this case, uh, or if you have a scary story that you want to share with me that I can include in the podcast, please either DM me or contact me through the Straight Up Enigmas website. Again, that's straightupenigmas without a hyphen dot home dot blog. So straightupenigmas, one word, dot home dot blog. Again, it would be so great if you could follow the podcast by looking it up on the Podbean app and clicking the blue follow button. Uh, share this episode with your friends and family if you liked it. Thanks again so much for listening, and I will see you all next Tuesday for the second episode of Straight Up Enigmas.